What's up, Judge? What's going on in the House of Craze tonight? In the House of Craze tonight, we have Mr. Nick Gibson, and he's going to be talking to us about Screecher 1 as the owl flies. We are going to be talking to him, and we're going to be talking about the hero's journey a little something-something. So uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Let's get it. We are the only show for independence all around. Giving you a platform to spread your word all over town. Cast the craze is the place to promote to your fans. With the dream of Medina and Santa Crazy Man. Subscribe to our show and never miss an episode. It's time to get your mans. Listen to us on the go. Updated and miss a day join the squad come on in it's time to catch the craze if you are an independent catch the craze making moves on your own catch the craze on your grind in the streets catch the craze join the movement catch the craze yeah george we did it again Come on now, now you want to do it. Catch the craze. Welcome to Catch the Craze Podcast. I'm your host with the most of the crazy man, Vera, and I am with George, the dream of Madonna. What's happening, everyone? Welcome, welcome to another exciting episode of Catch the Craze. It is Wednesday, November 2nd, and we are live coming at you tonight with another guest. He's another repeat offender. You know, friend of the show. They come back. Wants to catch the crazy. You know what I'm saying? Why don't you catch the craze? That's it. That's it. We're you, with you, you for life. You finish. You finish it. Yeah, he was on the show back uh, episode 388 to be, to be exact. So if you guys want to check that out, episode 388 back in March. That was back in March, bro. We are flying through these uh, through these episodes. So, which means that we come on on a regular basis, which also means that you want to subscribe to this show because Word. we're going to have content for you every week. So, if you haven't All done so yet, that's right. So, if you haven't done so yet, subscribe to the channel. Give us a like, comment below, hit the bell so that you know when we are going live and when we will be doing this. We are live tomorrow morning at 9 a.m., so you don't want to miss that. With uh, the, the morning brew with the crazy crew, episode 35. Damn, dog, we are right, moving right. along. We are moving right along. Feeling fancy free. Where's that from? I have no idea. <laughs> What's that creator's outlet? No idea. What up? Muppets, uh, bro. Now, Muppets. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, listen. Yo, you yeah. know, if it's me, it's going to be Fraggles, it's going to be Muppets, it's going to be Alf. Nah, it, 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 you, 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 you get obscure sometimes. You be throwing some some curveballs in the mix. I thought I had it, and I'm like, oh, okay. Didn't see that one coming. So yeah, nah, I don't, I don't rely on that. I don't. Rely you know, on the that. day that I don't have them is when you gotta, you gotta get nervous because that, that's, that's when I start losing it. Oh man, dude. But I can't remember. It'd be over. Oh, it'd be over. But I have your problem <laughs> of not remembering. <laughs> You got a serious problem. Uh, never, never sure. have as an eyewitness. For if your life depends on it, no. I maybe, maybe I have selective memory. Maybe there are just some things that I, I just. George you know, goes in the stand and testify. Yeah. Next, you know, I'm seeing because I'm locked up. They won't let me out. I'll be like, Your Honor, Your Honor, I don't remember. I don't remember. Horrible, horrible. Yeah, no, it is horrible. It's terrible. And he doesn't even drink, which is crazy. Horrible. I know. I'm just. I'm just all jacked up. Anyway, yes, welcome. Thank you for coming on. We are going to have a nice show for you guys tonight. We're going to have a topic um, that I don't know how most people are going to feel about it. And, you know, we're going to talk a little writing today. We're going to talk about writing, you know, the hero's journey. There's a little play on the uh, on the actual cover of the book by Joseph Campbell, 1949, published way back in the day. So Check us out in just a few minutes. We're gonna be talking about that, but yeah, no, we we have uh we have Nick Gibson. He's gonna be talking to us about Screecher Number One as the owl flies. It's on it's an Indiegogo right now, and it's already funded. So uh, what you guys will be doing is just I don't know. Indiegogo has stretch goals too, right? I think it works the same. I I, I haven't so. done an Indiegogo campaign in years, bro. I, I, I haven't I done it in a minute. Um, because yeah, it's yeah. it's always uh well, 
I mean, I think I think crowdfunding in general right now is going is becoming a lot more um, requires a lot more of your time and investment. Um, you can't you know you can't rest on your laurels. You have to actually go out there and hustle. Oh yeah, man, you, you definitely, definitely, you're right, absolutely. So big, I mean, big shout out to Nick because when I saw the number that he's at right now, that that's impressive for an Indiegogo campaign, bro. Indiegogo's a toughie. Indiegogo's a tough one, but uh, it looks like he's got a nice following there. He's got a nice fan base. So good yeah. for Nick. We're going to be talking to him uh, in just a few minutes. We spoke to him uh, when we spoke to him the first time. He had a book called Twenty One Hundred Samurai. We spoke to him about that, yes. and that was also an Indiegogo. So good for him. This is a se- uh, I don't know if it's a second uh, title. Maybe it is Phoenix Press. Fourth campaign. Yeah. Oh, damn. So he's he's busy. He's busy. He's yeah. busy. And uh, but yeah, man. So so what what do we got? What what else we have going on? I know I know we, we were both pretty busy with stuff behind the scenes. I know you've yeah. been making a push for some uh, for some publishing deals with uh, Forbidden. Yeah, yeah. Right now, you know, Forbidden. You know, I'm looking for a home for Forbidden. Um, and uh, at the same time, we're working on there's nearly my toilet book number four, which is coming to Kickstarter in January. So um, and so, I'm just waiting. Uh, I'm assuming tonight is the night that I get the funds, or to, I'll get the alert, the email from Kickstarter saying you expect it in 24 hours. You normally you get an email 24 hours before you, uh, it drops. Um, so I haven't gotten that yet. It still says reconciling finances. Um, but uh, so as soon as that, as soon as I see that money in the bank, I start packing your stuff and shipping it out. I already started working on the sketches for the, those of you who got the. Um, personalized sketchbooks um and uh so i already started working on those and uh the t-shirt orders will will happen as soon as the money comes in then the t-shirts will be the first thing so everybody i think there's six people or seven that got t-shirts um uh for everybody who got t-shirts those will go out immediately uh upon receiving the funds so you'll get that first in the mail then you'll get everything else there you go there you go everything's moving along moving along kid and that's what it's all about. Uh, I wanted to give a big shout out to uh, to the artists that are working on the Adventures of Wonder Duck, as they they sent me the thumbnails for issue number seven, bro. And I'm like, well, for chapter seven of the eight that I'm working on. And like we always talk about this, man. It's like it's like Christmas, man, when they do stuff like this. So I am very excited to share that with everybody. Once the book is done, I can't wait to do that. So big shout out to them. Thanks, uh, Mr. Brian Bobby Burrito. Uh, that's how I feel. That's how I feel when I um, when I uh, finish my thumbnails. I'm like, Merry Christmas, Sam. <laughs> Merry Christmas to me. This is awesome. <laughs> so. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, no. So I just got those today, and that's uh, that's exciting news. I can't wait to see what they look like now. Now I got to see what they look like finished. You know, like yeah. You know, you go through the approval process. Say, oh, you know what? Change this. You know, move this around. This looks, you know. And then once you get the pages, that's that's what that's what it's all about. I mean, obviously, it's different when you're the artist uh, on the book. But yeah, man, it's uh, it's exciting stuff. So you know, we have we have stuff coming down the pike next year. You mentioned <laughs> yesterday, uh, who's in? Who's in? Who's in? Who's in? You know what you lost, Sam? Another well, crazy has arrived. Oh yeah, I know, I, I know. know. You know what I mean? Merry yeah, Felix. Christmas. Yeah, I don't know. Happy New Year, what's up, yeah. Felix? I believe One of the best the, movies in the world. That's Nick in the chat. Um, that's the best movie in the world, man. No, I love that movie. Around Christmas, bro, it's it's a must watch. I can watch it's it anytime. Watch. It doesn't matter. It's, it's like it's like it's like when I used to drive into the city, I had I had like a uh, was it an eight or nine CD changer player in my car, right? And oh, so man. in there, I had Bon Jovi. Of course, you get you can't go anywhere without a Bon Jovi CD. I had the best of hip hop, you know, so I had everything, all the mixes, right? So I had, uh, um, you know, everything from DMX to Fat Joe, a lot of stuff, whatever. But then I had a Elvis Presley CD, <laughs> and then I had a Christmas CD, and then I had like the the Philharmonic CD. So I had different things based on my mood, and uh, so I would play it based on how I felt when I was driving, you know. So if I was driving, if I wanted to speed, you know, I put on hip hop. You know, if I wanted to just cruise, sometimes I put on classical music and just chill. It all depends on how I felt. Yeah. Now I can't. I can't listen to Christmas music outside of Christmas. It depresses me. No, I, it, it, I miss it, it. I miss Christmas when it's gone. So it I always reminds me. It always brings me back to my childhood. Yeah. Well, Christmas is awesome. Yeah. I mean, when you get when you become an adult, it gets a little you know it gets tainted. But I think when I was a kid, it it felt it was so special because my mom made it special. 
Um, you know, it was you knew that Christmas was eggnog. You knew that you know there was there was they were always baking in the kitchen. My mom, my grandma. You know, there was always a smell of freshly baked goods. Um, there was the family sitting around together watching classics. I used to love the Charlie Brown Christmas special, the Fat Albert Christmas special. Remember that? Yeah. Oh man, I, the the Fat Albert one. After <laughs> Thanksgiving, there you no, go. Man. There you go. There hey, you look, go. see, see, rules are meant to be broken, and so for me, it's like I don't care. Just like when they say you can't wear white until summer or whatever it is, I'm like, yo, wear whatever you want all year round. I'm good. Yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't believe the Christmas carols before. I agree, I agree with Nick. After after Thanksgiving, we go in, nah. we go in. But before that, it's a little, it's a little tough. It's a little nah. tough to listen to, uh, to to Christmas carols the whole time. What are you, you know, doing? What are you doing? Uh, I, I'm I'm scrolling. I got I got I'm trying to find something, but I can't find it right now. Yeah, um, it's your brain. Um, uh, i love christmas i can listen to all the time you know and that's what that's i think the challenge of living in like texas because texas doesn't get snow texas gets ice well yeah that's the problem so you're not gonna get a white christmas here you'll get a cold christmas and you'll get ice rain um you know and then you'll die a sudden death you know trying to walk on that ice that you can't see and um uh but uh um, that's one of the things I loved. You know, I used to when I was a kid when it snowed on Christmas. What? Oh, it was over. <laughs> yeah, nah, man. Christmas. There's something about Christmas. Uh, I like going out to. Uh, <laughs> what happened? I still have no what. No, he says does that. He can't uh, get over how they set Christmas trees next to the Halloween decorations. Do you know when I worked for Macy's? Um, Macy's in Herald Square, New York City, uh, the biggest retail store in the world right so macy's um august we start building the holiday lane so the christmas tree shop all that stuff gets put up in august before before um halloween and before thanksgiving it's already up before the summer ends (laughs) yeah it's a it's already up so august people could start buying their christmas decorations that's crazy bro crazy that's crazy i have a friend who waits until christmas ends and then goes by then goes to buy decorations for next year Oh, yeah, when, yeah, yeah. when they're yeah. trying to get rid of everything at like ridiculously low prices, it's it's freaking insane. But no, I listen. I love I love Christmas. I love me some Christmas. But right now, it's you know it's it's, uh, it's Thanksgiving, bro. I feel like we rush everything. I can't believe it's Thanksgiving. I, can't, I yeah. didn't even I didn't even see I didn't even see Halloween. So funny. So in Texas, right? There's a rule. If the lights are off on the property, there's no you're not supposed to be trick treating, right? You know you're not supposed to ring that per- that person's bell. Well, our lights were off, but they rang the bell. Right, so you know, it was me. It's like stop, drop, and roll. I was like, <laughs> I was like shipping across. Why the didn't you give the kids candy? You, you want to give nobody candy? Nah, you know how much money you need to spend. Yo, know, my neighbor spends a thousand dollars a year on candy. That's like thousand dollars a year. I'm a broke preneur. You're crazy. Guy, I'm still eating peanut butter and how cream. Many, how many kids walk through that neighborhood? Is it like a lot of? Is it like a parade of kids walking around? What, what's going on? Uh no here no everybody had their lights off <laughs> but they were still coming they were like trick or treat and then one sounded like he was like fifty years old like trick or treat I was like yo aren't you too old to be trick or treating I was like they're probably just stick stick them up you're never too old <laughs> oh man that's terrible that's terrible uh, you are too old because when I was in the sixth grade we're trick or treating with my buddies and we knocked on the door and it was Betsy. And Betsy recognized me, and then she goes, "Sam, what are you trick or treating? Aren't you too old?" Blew me up. It was a girl in my school that I thought it was cute, and I was like, and it messed my reputation up. And I was like, you know, from that point on, that was the end of me ever trick or treating. You got, you got, to play it cool, bro. You got to play it cool. I'm here with my little, you know, my, I'm here with little friends taking care of them. You know what I'm saying? I'm the bad. You got to play it cool, bro. I, I don't. I think. I think the kids don't care nowadays. Uh, kids kids oh, no. don't care. They they they, they have no shame. They have no, no they're shame. stealing the candies now. They're stealing the whole thing. If you leave it on the porch, it's gone. They're just taking it and dumping it. It's crazy. <sighs> crazy. <Damn>. Crazy. <laughs> crazy stuff. Crazy thieves. Stuff. Jesus Christ. What's you got to have like paint balls out the window. Put that back. <laughs> get shooting kids. <laughs> oh. <laughs> And they kill kids out there with people. So unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. Anyway, let's, so what, what do we got? Let's see. Uh, I'm 45 hours dressed. Like, exactly. There you go. There What's you up, go. Marellis? 
You got you got to you got to be a, a grown kid inside, man. Arellis, uh-huh. if you didn't say that, I wouldn't even guessed it. I swear to you, you look a whole lot younger. I would never even fathomed. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah. So Halloween is, uh, you know, it's it's it's, it's crazy. But I'm feeling the sniffles. <laughs> yeah, I, don't know you. I think I need my medicine. It's time for your medicine. Has the hero's journey helped kill originality? Survey says. Has it helped kill? You know. I thought about this today. Mm-hmm. I thought I was thinking about it. I was thinking about it. And then I was like, only if we let it, right? Only if we let it. I, I feel like, I mean, I mean, most people know Joseph Campbell wrote a book, 1949, The Heroes, uh, The Hero with Many Faces, right? And in that book, he talks about the hero's journey. It's basically like, a three-act circle. It's you know it has all of the different things that the that the hero goes through on his way to discovering himself. Right, starts off with like this reluctant hero, and these are the highlights. Reluctant hero goes on an, an adventure, meets uh you know some kind of mentor that helps him along that adventure. Then he meets like you know all the tests and villains and all this other stuff. Nearly dies, comes back, defeats his foes comes back to the real world, you have a, 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 some kind of um, conclusion, and then he goes back to status quo as a changed man or woman. And there's your hero. That's, that, that's his journey. And that's the cycle. And so I feel like ever since that book came out and ever since our boy George Lucas admitted that that was the blueprint for Star Wars and for that book, I feel like a lot of... Um, writers have used the hero's journey as the blueprint to write stories and so it's become a thing where like everybody uses that so all the stories pretty much sound the same right because this is the blueprint this is what everybody's using um and i and i think that that has killed it and i thought about this today to a certain extent but we as individuals have to make our stories unique and that's what's going to make them original. Because you may tell a story about something. I may tell the story that sounds like yours. But because it's coming from two different perspectives, automatically it's different. And it's original. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, to a certain extent, I think it, it, it kind of it has made us lazy, man. Like, okay, that's the blueprint. Let's just use it and let's do it. Right. Okay. Before I put my response, like we're getting some responses in. Yeah, what's going It's become writing by numbers. Saying the hero's journey is unoriginal is saying that all of my mythology throughout history is all cultures is unoriginal. Hmm. So. No, I think there is. I don't. I don't think what's original is the characters you create to tell a story, which re, which has a hero's journey. That's the original part. It's the characters you create. The story itself and the theme is not original, right? And we can all recognize what that looks like. It's your take on 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 the world that you've built. It's how you navigate in that space. So basically you've been given a blueprint, but now you're you you're giving like a map. It's like it's like, you know, Laura Croft, right? You're giving a map to the treasure. And how you get there is up to you, right? Just because small-minded creators don't know what to do with it doesn't mean blueprint is unsound, right? Right. So I think I think it's I think if you are truly invested in your project, you're going to give them that unique DNA that separates you from everybody else, right? So we all have our own genetic code. You, you're, that's your job as the creator, as the writer, to give your characters their own identity so that way the comparison stops at Hero's Journey. Now they're talking about Bob in this world, right? And and they're not talking about the rip, you're trying to rip something else off. So I think, what it, I think it's just about how you tell a story, 
what's the purpose what's your intent with the story and how much you invest in the characters yeah I, absolutely I, I and i think and and to and to daphne's point it's 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 a blueprint and therefore i believe it's a tool to use it's one of the tools that an artist has in their bag right okay boom i'm going to use this tool right now to tell this story it's not the end all be all i don't think that we should all use the hero's journey as a way to tell a story i think right. that we can use it to tell a good story because it's proven that it works. Star Wars, um, The Matrix, Harry Potter. You know what I mean? Like it, it works, it works. You know what I mean? And they're all different stories. They're all original in their own way, right? Harry Potter is totally different from Star Wars and The Matrix. They're all different, but they've all worked, right? So not saying that, and, that, and that's why I said to you, like, I don't think that it kills originality you know what I'm saying? Because I thought about that today. Originally, I was like, hmm, is that the reason why everything looks the same? Well, no. It's like, again, to Daphne's point, it's because people don't know how to use it. Right. You know what I mean? That's the problem. You know what I mean? I would right. say not to be that person, but nothing is original. It's what you do with it that makes it exactly. Right. right. It's, what, right. It's, right. it's how you use it. Yep. It's like saying all modern music. It's just the same four chords, never taken into account before. It's just, that makes it. Right. Yes. You know, it's 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 the same thing. It's like you know, it's it's anything you do um, uh, in the creative space. You have to make it your own. Um, um, you know, because you know, people are gonna be able to identify the complete ripoff, right? Um, and I think what happens is, <clears throat> I think why this question is 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 very broad because there are trend chasers. They're just doing it because it sells not really giving the 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 time and, or making the investment into building that world and those characters it's really is like let's just make this happen let's get this going boom boom boom, boom and move and it doesn't have any depth doesn't have heart right so i think it's um when you create for yourself an audience of one again and you approach each character as if it's a new life and you're giving it it start middle and end mm -hmm. each character purpose and then supporting characters how they connect you know how they aligned how they differ and then what's the overarching theme you answer all these questions in that in that mix you're no longer worried about the theme now you're worried about the story yeah. and i think that's where that's what the creatives have to focus on focus on the story focus on investing in your property and 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 not whether or not the consumer is going to want it. And if you, you know, be, you know, I'm saying, I think what, that's what happens. We get distorted because you like, you know, if I did this, can I sell this many copies? If I did this, can I do this? Um, how about you just write from the heart and yeah. create from the heart? I, I just think, I just think that when, cause it's, I mean, listen, the, the, not, it's a great book, the hero's journey, right? It's taught a lot. You know, if you're, if you're taking a screenwriting class, you'll probably see the, the diagram and everything, but I don't think that, I don't think you have to use it. And if you don't use it, it's a bad story. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? I don't, I, I don't feel like you have to have the hero's journey in your story in order for it to be a good story. Right. Godzilla, does, Godzilla doesn't have a, a hero story. It's an immensely popular uh, you know, movie or story, whatever you want to call it. Mary Shelley Frankenstein doesn't have it. It's a classic. Romeo and Juliet doesn't have a hero's journey. It's a classic. It, it's not necessary is what I'm trying to say. You can tell a good story without it. But if you are going to tell a story about a hero going through some stuff, you might want to use the hero's journey because that is a proven, um, I guess, uh, formula. formula, right, that works. You know what I mean? And, but you are already three years behind the curve. Yeah, man, that is true. That is true. Well, I right. think that's true. I think you know, trends are, yeah. are, are, are moments in time, you know? They're not, they're not, la they're not everlasting, you know. I think, you know, because taste change, you know, demographics change, taste change, you know. And so, <clears throat> I think the only thing I think that's important is is how much, again, it's how much time and effort you put into your project, uh, how much thought you put into it. Um, you know, it's the best ones are the ones people have been working on most of their lives. You know, 
And I think that's because, and, and, and you can see that and, and you can recognize the characters and you can identify them. And you, when you start rooting for a character, the creator's done his job. You know, when you start, you know, um, emotionally tied to a story, the creator's done its job. You know, so I think that's, yeah, I think your focus is really on your craft. That's where your attention needs to be. Um, you know, that, you know, I, again, I'm just going to go back to say it, just create what you love. And uh, and then let the chips fall in May, but answer all those questions. There's, there's, there, there is there's a formula to writing stories. Follow the formula. Yeah. Just make it your own. These are all tools, man. These are all tools. And, and, and that's the thing. We should know them. We should have them, like I mentioned before, in our bag of tricks so that we can pull them out at any time. But at the end of the day, it, it's like you're saying, Sam, you got to do the work, right? You have to, you have as, as tedious as it may be, you have to know these characters inside and out for mm -hmm. you to be able to tell the best story you can tell. For you to make people feel or understand who they are or for you to have any connection to them, they have to be rich and they have to be filled with that with story that you have you know, put together, whether it's a Bible, whatever you want to call it, you know, the, your world building, whatever you want to call it. I think that that needs to be there in order for those characters to come to life the way they do on a page. And for people to care about them once they're on that page. Yes. And these things like the hero's journey and the who, what, where, how, all those things, you know, you know, set up, you know, all, all that other stuff, you know, you know, conflict conclusion, all that stuff. Those are just tools that you need to write a cohesive story because you have all of these ideas in your head that, are, that don't make any sense yet because you have so many ideas running around and you put them down on paper. And then now you're trying to figure out, okay, how am I going to make this make sense? To somebody else how am i going to tell this story so that it makes sense to somebody else and that's when you start pulling out these tricks the who what we have you know the heroes journey all these things you start pulling them out so that they start making sense for the story you're trying to tell and i think that's how we have to use those um in order to tell a good story absolutely i think that's what it is it's like you know it's uh right with passion right? i think the best way i think one of the things that i've learned um is you know if i write something i put it away you know, and I go on to, you know, I start working on something else to get my mind off. And then I go back with fresh eyes and I look at it again. And, and then I, I'm able to poke holes in my plot line. I can, you know, I can fig I can see things that I missed because now I'm going back and I'm, and I'm fresh and, you know, I'm not fixated. I don't have tunnel vision. I think that's the best way. Um, it's always, you know, step away, come back, step away, come back and, and don't rush, you know, rush jobs are always going to be, um, um, easily recognizable as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. For shizzle, my nizzle. Yeah, yeah, no, good stuff, good stuff. Thank you guys for contributing to the ch to the chat and the discussion. I appreciate that. Yes, um, yeah, good that, was, that was good. Really good discussion. So you know, we have our guest sitting in the waiting room, anxiously waiting. And uh, so, we're just going to remind everybody why you should subscribe to Cast the Craze podcast. Um, and if you haven't, I hope you do so now. It's Monty Moore. I am a 30-year comics veteran in comics, games, and movies. And you've been watching one of my absolute favorite podcasts, Catch the Craze. You are watching Catch the Craze. What am I listening to? And you're listening to Catch the Craze. Where are all the indies at? A Catch the Craze podcast. What are you watching? I'm watching Catch the Craze. What are you going to do? Subscribe now to Catch the Craze, the number one show online for independent. Have you subscribed to? You are an independent. Catch the Craze! Making moves on your own. Catch the Craze! On your grind in the streets. Catch the Craze! Join the movement. Catch the Craze! All right, so before we bring him in, we're going to play the trailer. Yeah, let's do this. My name is Avery Fletcher. After seven years hell? away, I have come home with only one oh, goal. Man. What's going on there? Why are you doing this? Stop so acting up. I, so I hit expand. I hit expand and it just did that. Uh, let's see. Let's go, uh, I'm just going to play it like, um, let me go to YouTube. Hold on. Because <laughs> I hit expand and it just. Oh, there it is. What a tarnation. My father. But to do that, I can't be the woman I once was. To honor my father's legacy, I must become someone else. I must become something else. 
I must become Screecher. What's up, buddy? Welcome. What's up? Welcome so, back, Jack. Uh, so you were mentioning uh, Turn Samurai earlier. I figured I'd uh, show off some of my prior goods. There you go. All right. So this is my uh, first comic, Project Access. And there you go. A little uh, Days of Future Past going on there. And then uh, this is the first issue, Turn Samurai. Nice. This is the uh, second printing, by the way. And then the the one that was on your show uh, last time was Coin 100 Samurai. Uh, this is the actual comic. It was successful. Everyone got their book, you know. And then uh, you know, I got the did like the variations of it. You know, I got like a hollow hollow foil, and then like I got a backer edition, which was lim like oh, this was a backer edition. You know, limited and whatnot, where like it was spot foiled, all the red stuff. It's kind of hard to see because like my camera's crap, yeah. but like, yeah, there you can see it. Yeah, nice, nice man. Yeah, um, awesome. you're mentioning Turn Samurai, so I figured I'd kind of show you, like, hey, I actually uh, uh, saw my stuff through, you, you know, good for you, man. Good for you. Now, yeah, that's the results of the last, the last cycle. Yeah, yeah, Nick. So, those that's uh, issues, issue one of each one of those, uh, one and two. One and two, yeah, okay, awesome, brother, yeah. awesome. Welcome back, thank you for coming on, man. Yeah, we had you back in March. You were you're promoting Twenty One Hundred Samurai, and you did mention you had a, a project that you were very excited about bringing out, and that it was coming out in October. And man of your word, October seventh, boom. That Screecher. that was I, that was definitely creature. It was in the works then. I announced it mid July. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to wait until I at least shipped off the first wave. The turn samurai comics to people, you know, at least wait till like some people start getting their comics before I really started going to the next one. And then that was cool. Launched it in uh, October and it's just been a great response so far. Good for you. Yeah, I see you. You've been funded. Love the video. Awesome, awesome voiceover. Uh, yeah, that, <laughs> that, that was really, really cool. But, uh, but yeah, so, so Nick, tell us a little bit about yourself for those who maybe didn't catch the episode back in March. Just a brief summary of who Nick. Uh, Gibson is. So uh, my name is Nick Gibson. I'm a Michigan native. I'm the owner and operator of the comic company Phoenix Press. Also the writer and and uh, creator of the comic Turn Samurai as well as Screecher. Sweet. Outstanding. Sweet. Outstanding. So what has happened since the last time we spoken to you to now? What's, what's changed in your life? Anything that's influenced or enhanced your, your 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 grind and your determination to make this a reality well a lot of uh reinforcement of stuff like obviously uh you know turn samurai issue 2 came out that's been good uh, i've gone to a couple cons been selling really well there uh had a couple cons where i sold like 70 comics sold one, like back in september and uh actually i've sold out completely sold out of the first and second printing of turn samurai the lifetime sales are just a hair shy of 300 copies. No, no, 200 copies. Uh, yeah, 200 copies, sorry. I didn't want to get too, you know. But 200 copies of of uh, issue one. I, wait, wait, wait. No, it actually, it is 300 because, like, I didn't... It's, it's, sorry, my mind is like... Because um, the second printing was an initial 100 copies, and there was, like, 150, 200 uh, in the first printing. So, yeah. Just a hair shy, three hundred copies sold wow. of us, uh, and then uh, you know, issue two has been selling really well. You know, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm very pleased with myself. Good for you, Nick. So, what what was the what was the convention? What was the last one you were at? Um, the last big one I was at was Monroe Pot Fest down in uh, Monroe, Michigan. I did like a smaller one uh, back in October, I think. And then um, my next big one is uh, Great Lakes Comic Con up in February. I applied for that one. More than likely, I'll get it. You know, I mean, maybe maybe not, but like I've done those cons before, and I'm pretty tight with the guy, so it's it's pretty likely. 
Awesome, brother. Awesome. I, I'd like to see that you've been out there and you've been you've been selling like 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 a mad person, man. Good for you. <laughs> I, I, I like that. I like that. And so are you working on issue number three of twenty one hundred samurai right now? I am I am actually. I'm at the very early stages. Um so the script is pretty much edited. Uh this month I'll be working on like character designs for like the villain. Uh, I'm actually gonna be doing like a full new art style for issue three. Uh, issues one and two were more like a high contrasty manga style. This one I'm going to go like full grayscale. Okay. And I'm actually going to have a special edition called Blood and Steel, which uh, it's, it's going to take the place of the collector's edition where it's going to have the hollow foil cover, but also the inside is going to be black, white, and red. All right. Okay. It's going to be one of those comics where like the red color is highlighted and whatnot, yeah. you know, like the yeah. blood, the fire, mm -hmm. you know, so that's going to be pr pretty sweet. Going to keep that as part of the collector's edition. That one I'm shooting to release April, May, May-ish. That's that's my that's my goal. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, it seems like like you definitely have a schedule as a production schedule in place. Yeah, that seems to be forming. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, then uh, next, like basically, I know that for a lot of people, a lot of companies, you need at least three issues in the can right. before you can start like doing like distribution or like teaming up with a larger company. So that's gonna. So next year is looking to be a big year for Turn Samurai because in April I'll have issue three done. Right. So probably in the summer and fall I'm gonna be really pushing that one, kind of shopping it around, see if I can get a distribution deal for that. So hopefully that pans out. And then, uh, but yeah, it kind of seems like uh, spring is Turn Samurai, fall is Creature, and that's gonna keep marching forward until I complete the volumes and then, uh, you know, work on a trade for those. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. And then, so, obviously, Phoenix Press is your imprint, and you have mm -hmm. these books coming out. The newest one is Screecher, number one, which is on Indiegogo right now. We just saw the video, beautiful, uh, uh, you know, video there for the campaign mm -hmm. itself. So, tell us a little bit about Screecher, man. Tell, tell us, you know, maybe, like, the, just the origin story of the book or how you came up with the idea for the book. Tell us a little bit about it. So, uh, Screecher is kind of like my homage to, like, the DC comics of, like, the late 90s, early 2000s, with, like, kind of like a touch of, like, the DC animated universe, kind of put in, like, kind of think, like, your Batmans, your Nightwings, your Young Justices, but but with a little bit of, like, Ultimate Spider-Man, Ultimate X-Men kind of mixed in as well, like, that, that kind of feeling, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? And that's kind of what I wanted to evoke. Like, there's a lot of people who are doing 80s and 90s inspired comics, and, you know, those are great. But, like, I want to do something a little bit later from, like, when I, I love, like, the yeah. comics that I grew up with that I loved. And, you know, I mean, that's what it's all about is you, you do what you love. And that's the era that I have the attachment to. So that's what I wanted to evoke. Mm -hmm. And so um, the other th the other uh, the other part of this is so Turn Samurai is a maturated comic book and people have been enjoying it. But, like, there's been a lot of situations where people say, like, oh, hey, uh, we can't buy that for you because it's mature rated because they're buying for their kids. You know, so Screecher is that alternative. It's it's a 11, 11 to 13 plus book. You know, it's kind of that area where like adults can fully enjoy it. You know, no problem. But it's appropriate enough for the kids to where like I'm at the conventions and parents will have no problem buying it for their for their kids. Right. Right. No, that's that's awesome. man. Now, do you do you write or create with with a need a market need in mind or is it or is this creature something that you've been that you've been wanting to tell this story for a while how, how do you how do you develop your your stories um usually i do it like with the kind of story in mind mm -hmm. um basically basically um when i kind of came to the realization that i needed more of an all ages comic i i basically kind of took stock of like all the all the ideas right because like because trust me I got a lot more stuff in the stable that <laughs> right. none of people have seen right. and you guys might not see for like five, five to 10 years. Like, trust me, I got an entire issue, like five, five issues, uh, five issues written of like a Robin Hood comic, you know, and a bunch of other stuff. And so I took stock of all that I had. And uh, the one I settled on was Screecher. Screecher was actually supposed to come out a lot later. Cause like, I got like this, like a phase one, phase two kind of plan. Right. And Screecher was originally a phase two character. But then I kind of like looked at what I had for Screecher, and um, I was like, "Hey, this could actually work." So I I, I promoted her to a Phase One character, and uh, you know, you know, developed her from there. I wrote uh, all four scripts of Volume One back in December. 
Um, the idea had kind of been floating around in my head for probably two, three years prior to that, you know, like basically I wanted to kind of do my own kind of Batman type character. Um, and so Screecher kind of was formed really from that nexus of like doing a Batman inspired character. And, um, you know, I've kind of made it my own a lot, which that's why I have no problem citing my influences. Um, and like, yeah. And so it just kind of morphed from here, but, but yeah. Screecher was already pretty fully formed before I decided to go for the all ages route. Got it, got it, got it. And so you've obviously written, like you said, the the the, uh, the issues ahead of time. Now it's a matter of having the artist, I guess, catch up with what you've yeah. written. Yeah. And yeah, so when I create a new comic, I always make a point of writing out the first volume right. uh, in full before I even start because I've ran into the problem before where I write like a really good first issue. Mm-hmm. And like I have no idea where to go from here, mm-hmm. um, and in so in order to alleviate that problem, I at least do a first full volume because at least then I can at least have some idea of where it can go from there, you know, or or at the very least it's easier to figure out. Yeah, yeah. Now th- the artists that you have working on the book right now are they also attached to the book for the next four issues, or is that something that you go you you see how it works out per issue kind of thing? Um, while it's done on a per issue basis, um, this is the same artist that worked on Turn Samurai number two. Mm-hmm. So Brian Q came over on this one and I've developed a really good working relationship with him. So he's pretty much the artist for both comics up, up through the end of the, their first volumes. All right. Awesome. Good, good. Yeah. That's important, man, to have that, to have that, you know, that synergy with your artist mm-hmm. is very important. I think when you're creating. Yeah. Stuff. Like, I feel like as a collaborator, when you stumble upon another person that you just work really well with, it's really important to keep them up, keep them on board as long as possible. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. For sure. So, so like, so, so like, even it, like, even, even when it comes to volume two, he's, pr- he's probably going to be working on at least one of the books. Like, I'm probably going to have someone else do one of them just right. to make it easier to kind of do, but he's probably at least going to keep working on one of them. Roger that, roger that. What, uh, tell us a little bit about the story itself, man. I, I know I, I, was, I was reading before, um, and even we heard in, in, the, uh, in, the, in the trailer, some of what it's about the character, um, the female character in the book. Tell us a little bit about, you know, about how you came up with that idea. Like, I know it's spawned from the, the, the 90s and two, early 2000s uh, comics, but what was it about maybe even just the name or her plight, her story, how did that all come about? Where did that come well, from? uh, the, the name was definitely meant to be bird inspired for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, so her name is Avery Fletcher. Avery is kind of like aviary. Yeah. You kind of get that naming, you know, from like the bird cage. And then Fletcher is based off of like the feathers they use for arrows. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where that's I got true. the naming scheme from. But as far as the story, um, mm-hmm. I don't know, like, it's a father-daughter tale, which, you know, father story, they're kind of all the rage now. Um, but, like, I didn't really write it, like, with that trend in mind. It was more just, like, it's kind of the story I wanted to tell of, like, um, you know, someone jailed for a crime they did not commit. Like, the sto- a tale of legacy and just, like, living up to things and just, like, uh, also, it's called, kind of also inspired by, so, like, I lived in a town all my life and then I moved away for seven years and then I came back, and it's like, what's different? Am right. I different? Are the way people treat me differently? Like, the things that I looked at that are familiar, but they feel different, you know? So a lot of it's kind of, like, based off of that. So you have a character who's coming back to their hometown after being forced away for seven years, spending their formative years, you know, in, like, New York City. Now they got to come back, and, like, there's, like, this corrupt corporation that, like, they want uh, the father to reveal some secrets that, you know, because they're trying to do something. And, like, so uh, she's got to take up the mantle of Screecher in order to find justice for her father any way she can. That's awesome, dude. I like that. I like that you've incorporated some of your own, uh, you know, things going on in your life into the story. I think that's... Uh, mm-hmm. And, and it, we, were, we were talking about, you know, stuff being original. That's what makes that story your story, right? Because... It's yeah, so many personal things within it, and only you can tell that story because you've been through the stuff that I guess your character is going to kind of go through herself. Yeah, and and, and it's like, um, and you, you know, it's like, uh, 
a lot of that is even in like like even if you like to do references, you know, like the types of references, how you incorporate them, um, is actually really important because it shows like a personal touch. Like, uh, like for example, in the second issue, uh, there's a scene inspired by Batman Begins. You know, like the the bats are nocturnal thing, where I do a paraphrasing of it. Or uh, in issue four, there's an, a scene that's like a homage to the takedown scenes from Ark the Batman Arkham games. You know, it's like. I put what I love in there and I just love kind of doing that, you know, or, or like the story homages. Cause like, um, kind of go off a little kind of tangent here, but like one of the things that I love about stranger things is they do homages, but it's more in the storytelling. You know what I'm saying? Like, for example, in the latest season, they do an homage to silence of the lambs where like they need to meet with a character. And it's like the whole scene is literally played like science, like we're literally the cages, the whole set is made to look like Silence of the Lambs. They get like uh, they get the guy actor Freddie Robert Unglin to play you know the Hannibal Lecter kind of character. And it's like they play the whole scene. It's a lot like it, yeah. and they're not directly referencing it, but like they're they're the story is is very much inspired by it to the point like you know what they're referencing, but it's not an overt reference. It's a lot different than Big Big Bang Theory, Batman, Spider Man, Halo. You yeah. know, it's just like. Ha ha! I said, "Halo, laugh," you know, right. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I really love the subtlety of references can get sometimes. Mm. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I see. I see where you're going with that, and I do know what you mean with that. With that scene where they are like, it's almost like the Hannibal Lecter and the and a female character going at it, and and yeah, you do, you do kind of get that. It's almost like you have to be careful though not to go too far, like you said, mentioning names or you know, so it doesn't look like you're just straight up copying. You can tell. It's an homage to that because they enjoyed that movie, so that right, you know, like um, you know, because like doing it that way, there's a very fine line between homage and ripoff. Mm -hmm. So, like for example, I mean, this is kind of a pre issue to creature, you know. She says owls are nocturnal, and then like uh, um, Scotty, her her uh, you know, her friend, the caretaker of the property, or like basically her Alfred, he says that may be so, but for an upper middle class white girl, three o'clock is pushing it. Right. You know, it's like it's obvious that I'm I'm paraphrasing the lines, but like I twist them to kind of have their own spin on it. Got it. Yeah, no, no, that's awesome, man. It sounds like you're having fun writing the story. <laughs> yeah, I, I do love my wordplay. To be honest, <laughs> uh, you know, um, words are my toys, and I I enjoy playing with them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's awesome, man. So you have you have this in the works. Uh, you've already written all the other stories. What do you do? In the meantime, I mean, I know you're running a, a, an Indiegogo campaign right now. I'm sure it's taking up a lot of your time. But how do you stay creative? What are you working on, like, outside of? Well, these, I still have to correspond with, like, the artists, kind of shepherd things along. Yeah. That's usually meet with them a couple times a week, you know, like over nice. text or sometimes voice uh, conventions, honestly. Um, and just preparing for things, kind of preparing finances, a lot of a lot of the business work kind of stuff. I don't get to do as much creative work as I get to do. Like honestly, the most creative stuff I've done lately is uh, I did like a kind of like a quick revamp of Torrent Samurai issue three before sending it off to the to the to the uh, to the editor. And oh my god, is it fulfilling? Like <laughs> I I I, I kind of like I was kind of like I like kind of like had engineered this like really great moment. And it was like, oh, character development. I'm setting up a character arc, and it's just it's like this. There's like this really great moment where it's like uh, he says something. Uh, it's it's kind of one of those things where it's like um, on the surface level, it says one thing, but when you kind of deep dive deeper into psychology of it, you can kind of like analyze it, and then like, <sighs> sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry. It's just I, I, I love I love. Um, like I, I'm because the thing is like uh, Rod Serling from the Twilight Zone is yeah. like my writing idol, and mm -hmm. and so like I kind of come from that school of the writing where it's like you have the surface level, and like those lines at the, at the at seem benign, but like when you kind of dig deep, there's like so much stuff you can kind of dig deep beneath it and like analyze it, right. you know, like the layers, well, the layers approach where it's like you you can just watch it on the surface level and it's fine. Right. You know, like The Matrix as well is kind of another one of those films, or um, The Sixth Sense, you know, where it's, where it's like, there's that surface level experience, and it's perfectly fine, 
But if you want to dig, you can dig and just have a good old time. Yeah, no, that's awesome, man. So you're working with an editor as well. So you write your story, send it off to the editor, then 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 it goes to the artist. Is that how you? Is that yeah, how the you editor, uh, the editor tears it to shreds. Tell me how much I need need to suck. And uh, after I cry in the corner for about a week and a half, I <laughs> I uh, I pop some vodka and then uh, I tell the editor to fuck off. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, um, also, I'm sorry. Uh, I tell the editor to frick off. They uh-huh. they quit for about a week, and then uh, after I send them a, a bonus five thousand dollar check, they agree to come back. And <laughs> nice. I like how you just you pumped up the MA on <laughs> He's quick. He's quick. Bam. MA done. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I apologize. I did not mean to have actual relationships with that woman. <laughs> yeah, no, man, that's awesome, dude. I, I, I like, I like the fact that you actually do have somebody looking through, uh, over your work, so that to make sure that you're, you're putting the best product out there. I think that's very important. Yeah, I think that's really important because, like, yeah. you know, um, I can think my my stuff's great, but like, editor's really important. And then uh, the thing about uh, issue three is I'm actually going to have an art editor, oh. you know, which is going to be a separate person from the writing editor, and they're really important because. One of my biggest problems is I don't speak artist because I, and you know, when I, when I like have other people try and help me out, they say like, Oh, do these certain things. And I'm like, I I had to like literally copy and paste it. And they're like, you know, it's just so inefficient. So I just had this set up where I have a discord server where I have like the art editor and like the artist, they can just directly talk back and forth as equals you know and it just makes it easier that way um and it's a person i trust who's really good at what they do and uh you know it'll 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 make things a lot better i i had them kind of like for the tail end of creature uh they were a good help and like the process kind of proved itself so they'll be in on the ground floor literally from thumbnails to completion so it's going to be more of a fun like issue three is going to be such a step up yeah uh from issue two it's going to be crazy that's awesome, dude. I love it. I love the fact that you're constantly trying to get better and you're trying to make the books better as they go along. So you're so you're working on issue three of, of 2100 Samurai. You're going to be working as soon as this is done, because this is done already. The book is done for Screecher number one. That's complete. Uh, yes. That's yes. done. And so you guys, start, you guys will start working on two. When do you think two will be hidden, whether it's Indiegogo or or conventions when do you think that'll be out i'm hoping to hit indiegogo around april or may okay uh that's a floating date i'm gonna be starting production in january so we'll kind of see where things things see where things kind of go um but yeah that's that's kind of what i'm shooting for so you so you're going to be putting out both books at the, around the same time the uh 2100 samurai and the screecher number two no, Screecher is going to be coming. Uh, number two is going to be coming out uh, next October. Okay, that's what, uh, that's what I was asking. Yeah, that. yeah. Basically, once I finish work on Turn Samurai, I'm going to work on on Screecher. That that's a plan. Okay. Yeah. No, that sounds great, man. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff, dude. So issue number one of Screecher, everyone, is on Indiegogo right now. The link is in the summary and is also in the chat if you guys are watching and want to check that out. And so it's 22 pages, right? 22 pages, full color, right? Right, Nick. Mm-hmm. What, what can they expect? Full color inside the comic. What, 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 what kind of, uh, what kind of surprises can you give us? Anything as far as like what? Uh, a lot of action, some good world building, uh, some uh, some teases for issue two right at the end. You know, it, it really it really does a good job at like setting the stage for how things will play out for the next three issues. Awesome, man. Awesome. This looks good. This looks really good. You got stickers. You got trading cards. I mean, you 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 have uh, you have some stuff in here. So if you guys want to check that out, make sure you hit the link and uh, and check it out. So you're saying you're going to be next. You're going to be at a convention uh, next year, right? That's when your conventions start. Mm-hmm. Um, are you going to be doing how many next year? Do you think? Uh, it's really up in the air. I'm hoping to do more. Um... <laughs> Most likely, uh, the ones that I'm looking at is Great Lakes Comic Con in February, um, Monroe Pop Fest in September. Um, there's kind of one in northern Michigan I might do, and then uh, there's like some smaller ones uh, in my area that I might kind of do throughout the year. Those are a little, those are still up for uh, 
you know, for possibility. Sweet, sweet. And if people are in the Michigan area, are there any, any comic book shops that maybe they can find your books in? Have you done any of that yet, or are you still working on I that? have done oh. it. I, I don't really have any on display at the moment. Okay. But uh, uh, once Screech is out, I might kind of put it up for for uh, consignment at a, at a few shops. You know, make sure to, you know, stick by my social media, and I'll let you guys know. Sweet. Speaking of social media, you, you want to give us that? Um now so that people know where to reach you certainly so you can uh find me on twitter at project access one youtube search the phoenix press and then on global you know on global comics which i have pro project access and issue one and two with creature you know just search the phoenix press there and then uh and if you're looking for a good comic go on indiegogo and search creature and uh it's currently available awesome man awesome nick thank you so much for coming back my brother appreciate you and I'm looking forward to Screecher 1. I'm looking forward to Screecher 2, 2100. I mean, you got things coming on, coming down the pipe. I love the uh, your excitement for writing, and, and I can't wait to read that stuff, man. Thank you. You got it, brother. You have a great day, and you, this looks like you got a backer while we were talking. So awesome. congratulations. You keep moving. So oh, well, Thank you. Thank you. I really yeah. appreciate it. Talk to you soon, buddy. Later. All right. So you want me to exit or whatnot? Yeah, we're out. Thanks. All right. Later, bud. Right. Uh, yes, yeah, so that was uh, Nick Gibson again. It's creature number one as the owl flies. Um, yeah. I like the cover. I like the 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 the, the motorcycle is pretty dope. Yeah, dude, it looks it looks cool. I mean, definitely what he's talking about. Definitely something from the uh, you know late '90s, early 2000s. You know, definitely has that feel. So good for him, man. Good for him. And yeah. and, and and it sounds like he's got a solid plan as far as that. You know, editors looking over stuff to make sure that it's. Uh, it's top-notch stuff so good for him man good for him yeah and he's 1880 1880 yeah good for him good stuff yeah yeah it's uh uh, uh pretty cool yeah i mean and yeah he's got a good uh, solid plan for the year he knows what he's doing so uh keep keep at it brother keep doing what you're doing um and you know he's conquering indiegogo indiegogo is not an easy platform you know, know, and he's doing it, so keep doing it. Yeah, good for him, dude. Yeah, because this is a tough one, dude. And he's he's almost at two Gs in a very yeah. hard uh, <laughs> yeah. um, platform to to kind of navigate. I know that yeah. they have they have like flexible goals and stuff like that, but still, I mean, just getting um, backers on this one is it's always been a tough one. Yeah, Indiegogo has always been a challenge. Yeah, no, absolutely. at least for me. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it was a mission. I think I've only, um, I think only one of my books were actually really funded on Indiegogo. Um, oh, yeah. The other two were were like, it was just that. What is it that 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 did they do? Um, the, oh, the on demand stuff. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, yeah. So it's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, yeah. So you know, we had a hearty, a hefty. Um, show today lots to talk about uh, really good um, feedback from the um, the live audience out there um, again if you want to be a guest on Caster Craze all you have to do is hit the link in the summary and uh, it'll take you directly to the calendar where you can book yourself um, it's uh, Tuesdays are the only dates available um, and that's 8pm Eastern Standard Time if you want an 8pm slot on a Wednesday that's only for sponsors so there's a link in the calendar um, if you're if you can't get on, because we are booked, I think, through February. Um, if you're trying to get on sooner on a Wednesday night spot, that's a sponsorship space. So um, uh, other than that, it's because I'll be going back to work. So we're adjusting. We're reacting to the challenges that we're going to face with um, podcasting. So, again, uh, if you're really in a crunch and you want to um, get your stuff out there, you can always get the sponsorship spot. Um, and uh, click that link. Go to the page. Hit that, select your sponsorship rate, and uh, you can sponsor one episode or as many as you want. And uh, it's up to you. It doesn't really matter. And then once that comes through, we will connect and book you for your show, your Wednesday night uh, appearance, um, and get you ahead of the crowd, uh, moving to the front of the line. But um, we get the VIP treatment. Yes. So if you like this episode, you know, hit that uh, thumbs up, give you know, subscribe, like, share it with a friend, you know. Um, when we grow, the indie community grows, right? So more eyes on us, that means more eyes on the guests, and that's what we're here for. Right. We want to shine a light on our friends in the indie community. And don't forget, join us tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we're going to continue the conversation we had on uh, that I started on the Crazy in 10 or Less about how important is that opening passage to your story. 
And uh, so that's going to be good. And anything else that pops up, so join us for a lively discussion. Bring your coffee, bring your robe, your flip-flops, and uh, sit out on the balcony. And I, was gonna, some I was going to say, Sam, bro, Witcher, how do you feel about Henry Cavill? We'll talk about it tomorrow. I'm pissed, but yeah, <laughs> I'm pissed. Let's let's no, postpone it. Netflix. All right, all right, all right. Don't get me started, Wusa. Wusa, you bastard. I love it. <laughs> yeah, bastard. I'm pissed. Oh, gosh. Yo, you just got a raging now. I'm raging. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Yes. With that said, you know, again, thank you, Aurelis. Thank you, Daphne. Thank you, Phoenix yes. Press. You know, thank you, uh, Creators Outlet. Thank you for joining us tonight. And uh, again, don't forget to join us tomorrow morning. I'm Sam the Crazy Man Bear. George the Dreamer Medina. And we are. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was talking about my friend Aquis. Oh. Say my name, say my name. This is what you were thinking. Oh, are you listening to Catch the Craze? You're listening to Catch the Craze. You're listening to Catch the Craze. You are listening to Catch the Craze. This is Craze. You're listening to Catch the Craze. Girl